Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Uh, 9198 with his uh, New Year's resolution is, well, it's not really a show resolution, but he says it's to let a naysayer know. Uh, whatever that means. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line. Joe, did you get that picture of DJ James Kennedy I just sent you? I did. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. There you go. 713-780-ESPN. I mean, it was a public setting. Yeah, but you're just taking a picture of him. Why not with him? I don't want to take a picture with him. Are you kidding me? That's embarrassing. I was working that day. Um, before we get into the... Um, why are you looking at me funny? Why would... That doesn't matter. You're not working at the... Like, say, say you're walking... I don't know who you're... You don't have many sports now I want to say sports crush but you like guys or respect guys in broadcasting or in or in in sports and you're not on the air yet I'm I'm, I'm not really a uh you're trying to boost your brand more and do all these things do proud that Verder pump fans we are but I'm not really one to take pictures with people I'm I can't I, saw, I, I, I I rarely I, did it not when, at all but I, I did it a few times but not very rarely I mean I think one of the ones I did was it was random that I was sitting pregame like i was just telling you sitting pregame uh, on the bench getting ready to go to where we're doing the game and miguel cabrera and justin verlander were pit they played that day for the a uh, against the a's and walked down and sat next to me really and i just kind of went that's a cool moment i'll take that picture <laughs> can someone take that picture that's pretty cool i've never i don't think i've ever asked somebody to take a picture with people ever i don't think i've done it a few times i'm trying to um like, yeah. I think as a kid when my like parents forced me to, but I think as like a real person, like once I my was wife, grown up, well, I don't think I've ever asked somebody to take a picture. What if your them. wife said, "Can we get can, can you get that picture?" Well, yeah, you know, with like family and people I know. No, yeah, no, just no, no. Like say it was, and I don't know who it is, but whoever no. your broadcast idol is or a no. sports, never no, done that. never done that, never would. We were at Lambeau for Lisa's first Packer game, and and we were lucky enough to be in a position where Aaron came out or yeah. Rogers came out, and Lisa goes, "Can we? Can I get a picture?" We were just talking, oh, really. We got the picture. I'm in uh, in real life. I'm very quiet and shy, and don't like to bother. That is people. true. Yeah. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We'll get to the uh, even with a loss. The season's been a major success in just a moment. Got a couple of calls though. First, let's go out to the HRP listener line. Uh, Richard has a question for us. Richard, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up? Uh, yes, I know that both teams could uh, make the playoffs. Cowboys and Texans. I know the Cowboys will. But what's more impressive and what's more embarrassing? Because they could both win the division. They could both not win the division if they're in the playoffs. If the Texans host the Browns and win at home, or if the Texans have to go on the road to Miami, like which is the bigger, like that's amazing, and which is the bigger deal for that sucks, versus the Cowboys hosting the Packers of Seattle or the Cowboys going on the road to New Orleans or Tampa. That was what I was wondering, what you feel is a bigger, you know, this is terrible, or that's great scenario. I got gotcha. you. I don't think there is a Do great. I, not really. No. Do okay, you know, I was going to make sure. I was going to leave the other two One of you guys got Joe, this. Joe's got it. Judge Joe's got it. Okay, so the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys are hosting a playoff game. Both teams lose. Which team is more embarrassed? Well, not the Texans. Oh, the Cowboys. Because yeah, the Texans, a no-brainer. The Texans can only host the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And the Browns just whooped you in yeah. Cleveland, and they have the number one defense in the NFL, and you weren't supposed and to be Flacco's in the playoffs. all of a sudden playing on a He's different elite. planet. He's elite. Uh, so, no, I don't think that's embarrassing for the Texans, whereas the Cowboys losing at home to anybody, like outside No of, one thought they were even going to win the division, but the fact that they could be the, the – they solidified basically the two seed. No one thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to win the division either. I'm, I'm, but I'm saying the Cowboys. That's oh. what I'm talking about. No one thought they were going to win the division. Philadelphia was supposed to be a return, your favorite to win the Super Bowl, win the division again, do all these things. Now, not only could you win the division, but if you win a division, win the division, you host your first playoff game and you lose. 
Yeah, that's that's really embarrassing. Yeah, Dallas. I don't think the Texans could have embarrassment if losing a home playoff game to anybody in the AFC this year. Uh, Dallas is the opposite because it's expectations. It, it's really what it is is expectations. More impressive, the Texans winning well, a road playoff game or the Cowboys winning a road playoff game? Texans. Yeah, for sure. Texans, Texans aren't supposed to be there. Because the Texans would go on the road to Chiefs. face either the Chiefs or the Bills. Yep. Or Dolphins. Or the yeah, Dolphins in a three. tie. Yeah. Yeah, which is very unlikely, but the Dolphins in a tie. So that would be impressive if you go into Arrowhead, Buffalo, or South Beach and win that game versus the Dallas. Well, I mean, Cowboys Cowboys could be at San Fran in the NFC title game. That's the only – well, if they're the two seed, that's, yeah, the, that's the only way one. they go on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it's more impressive if the Cowboys win two playoff games than the Texans winning one, I think. Because going to San Fran yeah. is going to be way harder than beating Kansas and City. They're, or, they're more like most likely going to have it? a bye. Going to San Francisco, I would say yes. No, is it more is it more difficult for Dallas to go in San Fran than win? Well, I guess I guess we can eliminate the like which team it is. Is it more difficult for just a random team to go win at San Francisco or a random team to go win at Kansas City or Buffalo? San Francisco, San Francisco. But the quality of like the, the weather versus the Cowboys is the big weather difference. matters too, though. Like the Texans are obviously the Texans winning anything in the playoffs is more impressive than anything the Cowboys would do at San Fran in the NFC title game. Yeah, I think hmm. the Texans were the second worst team in the NFL last what, year. Dallas specifically, or just a team? Dallas. Oh, it's to me. What's more impressive? I think winning. I think winning an NFC title game is more impressive than the Texans winning at Kansas City or Buffalo. Well, especially because because teams. of the year both teams have had too. That's fair. Like it's to get to a Super Bowl. The stakes yeah. matter here. Plus, you're talking about the most dominant team in the NFC all year, as and and you're talking about two teams. The Chiefs aren't the Chiefs of the past. No, they're kind of flawed. And, and Buffalo is starting to pick it up again, but they have been a huge disappointment. I, I mean, they were lucky to win last week against New England. Josh Allen was atrocious. He was bad. Like Belichick drew up a pretty good one there. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line again. Greg, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Greg? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, two questions. Uh, one is, is ESPN sending y'all to the national championship game? And who do y'all think is going to win? And second question, what do I got to do to get tickets? Are y'all doing any giveaways this week? Do y'all have any uh, like call-in? That was three That's a lot of questions, three, Greg. That you, three you, questions, you, mis- you miscounted. You counted two questions. The first question is one when it was really two. Um, are you sending us out there, Joe? There, we have a few credential guys, don't we? We have two people going. I'm traveling. Maybe you there. and who? Uh, me and Beard, for sure. We're oh, hoping to get Look at that nepotism. Hmm. I never hmm. go to anything. Look at that nepotism. It sounds like you're going to the National Championship game. I am. Is Lance not going? Uh, he is. Yeah, so there's another one. But not one. through us. I don't say that. You don't have to give everybody the, the whole truth. Lance is going through us as well. I'm going to Ames, so I'm not going oh, to the college football. You're, you're living the good life. I'm flying to Ames that night. Um, are we not giving away tickets at all? No. no. And then what was the last? What was the other, oh, who was going to win? I think Michigan's I think far Michigan's more talented. most dominant team in the country. And as good as Washington's offense is, I think it's Michigan's the most complete team. They've been the most dominant team, I think, all year. Mm-hmm. And I'm pulling for Washington, but I think Michigan's going to win the game. This is um, Washington. What? They Washington. need they need a heroic effort. You think Washington's going to win? Yeah. The thing with Penix, like the thing, like Texas secondary is not very good. So like Penix was great yesterday. I'm not taking away from what Penix did at all yesterday. Their secondary is probably the worst secondary of the four teams that made the college football playoff. So what DBU Penix was too? doing to Texas, he's not going to be able to do to Michigan. IMO. Now 
He could. I believe in Penix, though. I think Penix is the best quarterback of all the four quarterbacks mm-hmm. that were in the college football playoff. So I think for Washington to win, that he's going to have to be special. I think he's going to have to be heroic, which he's capable of doing. But it's going to be more difficult against Michigan's defense than the Texas secondary. Good news is this, he's got three healthy receivers. Does that he are have all- a healthy running back, though? That's a good question. Do we have we have a status on that, which is another reason of why you should have ran the ball on third and goal instead of throwing. Because he to was stop the clock. when he was healthy, he was really really good. But the big, but at least you have three premier weapons to throw to if you're him. It's not just him trying to win it all by himself. He's got some guys now on offense, and their offensive line should get a lot of credit. They're very they're very very good. Yeah. But they're going to have to play on another level to beat Michigan in the game. And I do think they're incredibly well coached. I think they're very, very well coached, despite the last couple of possessions. Secondly, like where did Texas have success against the Washington defense? They had success running the running football. football yeah. Michigan running game better than Texas running game? With Blake Corum, that big yeah, offensive line? I think for sure. that it's better. I think that it's better. I think Washington's going to have trouble stopping the Michigan run game. I think the only reason why I think it's Washington is just it's the quarterback play. To What's me, the spread like five? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it is up to five. Did it start like what did it? I think start it, at I think, six. I think it opened at like four and a half. I thought I saw. I thought did I saw it? four and a half. Okay, but like I just I I believe in Penix. I, I think he's going to find a way to win this game. The wide receiver talent is elite. The bowl like the bowl game season doesn't matter, but we watched the Big Ten just get smoked up and down the field everywhere. Michigan, I don't think has been challenged deep really this season, and if they can just. Sort of block like and give you know Penix more time than Milrow had, and Penix is not going to make the mistakes Milrow had. Also, and he's going to get rid of the ball exactly. Yeah. Like, but that's I, such I, a big I think they if find a way for him to be able to, to exploit the deep game because their front is really, really good. And I think that's why like the run game almost doesn't matter because it's a waste of time. Like they are going to body you yeah. consistently trying to run the ball up the middle, like Alabama kept trying to do, is a waste of Washington's time. But I just I think Penix finds a way. Honestly, I mean, he's. I, I do think he's special. I think it is going to take a special performance. Four and a half point spread as of now. Michigan's favor. Uh, yeah, and to your point, Joe. The microcosm, just the last play. I know how, how how good of a runner you have at quarterback, and I. But you had to be more dynamic than to try and run it in the middle of that line. I mean, I don't care if they knew it was coming or not. They are so staunch and so big and so athletic up front. Trying to get him out to the edge, trying to do something where he has options. That play was horrible. Well, I don't think that was the play. To be honest, like the running back is clearly wide open. People thought it might have been an RPO. It was, it was a really bad snap. And the bad snap. I think it was a bad snap, that. and he panicked. I, I, maybe I so maybe too. he panicked then because, man, I, I'm telling you yeah, what, it was at his knees. I think he just caught it and then just didn't know immediately what to do, and instinct took over, and he just ran yeah. into an offensive lineman. I I tend to agree actually. I tend to agree uh, with that because you do see the running back like run around. I have to see what the receivers are. I didn't notice that. Did you notice that? No, not really. Yeah, I'll have to go back and see if I see that during the break. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Let's get to the uh, the Houston Texan conversation. Even with a loss on Saturday night, I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, even if that were to happen, the season has already been a major success. Why? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Yeah, uh, he's blank on Branham. Just pulled up um, that play. It looks like the receivers are blocking on it, and then you have like some pulling guards. And then I pulled up uh, a quick post game. 
Saban called it a running play for the quarterback. So it looked like it was the designed run, which is... I hate that. Yeah. I mean, I think it might tell you they don't trust Jalen Miller to throw the ball. I thought I thought during the game there were times that they didn't trust him to throw the ball. But he also, like I said, their offensive line wasn't great. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line before we get to the uh, the Texans conversation. A different Greg has another college football question. We'll see if it's a different Greg to see if he's asking for tickets. Greg, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Really like the show. Uh, don't know if you questioned it. Uh, answer this question already. I'm just getting off of work, but I got two questions. Just wondering what you thought about what Kirby Smart said about mm. it needs to be a change because Florida State, they had a lot of players opt out. The transfer reporter took people out, and it was just a blowout, and it needs to be changed. And also, do you think the new college uh, playoff system that's coming, you think that would change the way players look at the game and want to continue to play? For the national championship, I hang up and listen. Enjoy the show, fellas. Appreciate You're it. right, Jeremy. Same, same, Greg. Um, I, I look at it, and I, I think the second one is the easy answer. I think it's going to change a lot. I think that a lot of these guys, by the time they get to a bowl game, the bowl game doesn't matter. It doesn't have implications for the team success and for the chance for the team to do something greater. And with the chance of advancing and competing for a national title and, and sticking with your brothers. I think it'll have some impact. I think it'll have more guys staying involved with the team and playing more. But I, I think the first part of it is is that Kirby Smart's right. It, that's going to change it a little bit. But we talked about it earlier in the show in terms of the combo platter of I factored in NIL as well as the the transfer rules. And, and I go back to you, Jeremy. You, I think, Jeremy, you suggested this. But you don't have to get rid of the transfer portal, but you have to put more rules in place. Like, you can transfer once. But the fact that it is, it's just college free agency, it's running amok, it's changing everything, it's actually ruining a lot, and I think that I don't know if it's fixable. Yeah, I, I, to me, whether there's a lawsuit in that court case where they can, tra- they can transfer more than once, uh, if, hopefully that's not upheld, but it looks like it's going to be. I, I agree with what Kirby Smart said. Like the, I haven't watched a single bowl game into the college football semifinal, and I'm a college guy, as most of you know. That was a boring game. Most of these games are incredibly boring. They're they're not really worth watching for a lot of people. Now, they still pull great rating or good ratings. Now, it's trending down, but they're still currently profitable. So as long as it's profitable, they're going to stay. How long is that the case? I think it's dying. I think that, I think it's shrinking. So I agree with Kirby said. I, I do think that more... I think players that play in the college football playoff are going to stay like because they want to compete for a national championship. I don't think they're going to enter the portal until they're done. So the teams that make the college football playoff, they're going to play. I, I don't think that they're going to be transferring away. Now, you did have Texas. Was it Malik Cunningham? Malik Murphy. Murphy. Malik Murphy transferred away, but, that, but he's a backup quarterback, not a starter. Yeah, but like different. if Quinn leaves the game yesterday, Arch is coming in. Sure. And like Malik Murphy was the guy they chose to go to. I just think they have to find a way. My biggest thing with the transfer portal and the playoffs uh-huh. is you got to push it. You got to let these kids. Difficult be on to the do team. that. I know. Difficult to do that because they are still student athletes. No, they're not. And but they're still going to school. They I still know. have to maintain credits. Still, yeah, they still, they still got have to take they, classes. They still and, have to and, pass classes. And on top of that, there is a period of time where you there's deadlines where you have to be enrolled in school. So you can push it back, but not a whole lot. And if you're pushing it back, now you're shrinking the amount of days they have to make their choices of where they want to go. So what the pro- the biggest problem here with the transfer portal is that the athletic calendar, what is the ideal athletic calendar, does not sync up with the academical calendar academic calendar at all. Like whatsoever, not a single bit. 
So you can try to push it back, and there's ways to do it, but now you're shrieking the amount of time that players have to make their decisions. Yeah, and, and to me, I don't know what factors in to change it, but something's got to change because of the fact that you, you just – I watched the Wisconsin game. But I even thought about it from a gambling perspective. And maybe the gambling perspective is, has, has, can have some pull in all this in some way. Because if you're going to start to figure out and the gamblers are going to get the information sooner about who's going to drop out, who's not going to play, how many guys are going to be missing. But I, I watched the Wisconsin game. I, I watched the Wisconsin game thinking I'd like to see how this, this improving roster and what, they, what they're starting to build at Wisconsin again is going to match up against LSU and the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And then it changes everything when he doesn't play. Yeah, it's just I, I don't think that's ever going to change outside of the college football playoff. I think it's going to get worse. Like yeah. it's trending in that re- in that way. And it's be, moving in that direction. The, the national championship game next year is going to be on January twentieth, which is liter- for most wow. students is the day that classes start. That's nuts. I didn't realize it was that far yeah, back. Yeah, the, the first round is December twentieth and twenty first. Then it's the thirty first and the first. The ninth and tenth, and then the twentieth Monday, January twentieth. That's just to allow for the the more games, right? Yeah, that's that's insane. tough. Because like now, what's what's interesting is like if they were smart about this, like I think they could even go to a weekend game. Honestly, that's one of the changes I would like to see. I don't think we need to have the championship game on a Monday. There's a open week in the NFL season. I was gonna like, say the NFL factors in, it, but if they go yeah, that late, but do it Pro Bowl week. Like, yeah. if all these games are on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, the week of the, instead of like this fake garbage dodgeball playing Pro Bowl, put the national championship game on that Sunday. Great. Now you need the NFL and college football to like coexist, which isn't I know, but like, something that happens. One Sunday you have the national championship game, the next Sunday fantastic. you have the Super Bowl. Let's It'd be go. ideal. Yeah, it would be ideal. It'd be great. They would have to work together to do that. And for what it's worth, like I don't, I don't want to penalize the players. Like you've already given them the the leeway to to enter the transfer portal. You can't go backwards on that. You can't take that away. So something's got to change. I don't think it's the portal. I think it's the bowl system. Well, or I think could, the bowl system's dying. In terms of like what the portal too, and, and the timeline of all of this, do you think they've ever thought about getting students on campus earlier and moving the season up? No. You, what are you doing? You're starting like the first August week 1st? of August? No. Jeremy, to that point, though, don't you think that when, that NIL factors in? Because the the transfers have become excessive because you can get good players from good teams that are going to get more money somewhere else, so they're going to have more reason to want to transfer. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you have look at the price of quarterbacks, right? Right. Like you had um, Matt Rule talk about the price for a quarterback, and look at how many quarterbacks are in the transfer portal trying to get paid. So, yeah, like, I, I do think NIL leads to more players in the portal, for sure. That's never going to change. I still don't but think it, it really applies why can't it? to the 12 well, teams. How are you changing it? Like when you say you can only transfer once. Well, I, I don't, the, the, the court rule okay, is Okay, well, according to the court ruling, but again, to the suggestion of, or if that's a possible solution. If you say you can only transfer once, then you avoid all these quarterbacks that play in four and five school, DJ Ugalele yeah. and, and all those other guys that are playing five universities or, or you know, just cat, taking the bag everywhere they right. can get it. The, I mean, the player pool is still going to exist. It would just be smaller. smaller. It would just be smaller. You wouldn't have as much turnover. There would be fewer players in the portal. But it's not well, changing that's... the calendar, and it's not changing that the portal exists, and it's no. not changing the NIL. Like these players would still transfer. Yeah, I mean, you have more, you'd have more talented players staying at their schools and playing. You would think in bowl games, but yeah, you're still not going to completely uh, uh, eliminate it. Like, I'll I wish... be honest; like I love college football. It is I honestly prefer college football a lot of times over the NFL. The bowl games. This could be the last ever bowl games, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose an ounce no, of sleep. Like, I wouldn't either. Even before, like it just it means nothing to me. Like. I do not care if Notre Dame plays in the Sun Bowl. 
No. All I care about is the college football playoff. Like, I don't want to see – like, I would – like, let's say the Texans missed the playoffs. I would not watch a second of the Texans versus the Bears in a bowl game if the NFL did the same model. No. It is a – it's a practice. Well, and that's it's why – it's, it's outdated. It's antiquated. Yeah, the, the only way that it makes sense, too, is if it ever expands any further or whatever. But every game matters, and the only bowl games are those that are, are, are associated with advance, you know, win in advance – type situations, but there's too many of them, and you're right. And if you don't have a chance to win the national championship in a lot of cases, no one cares. Now, they could do bowl games up the win total and shrink the pool, and maybe that would change things. No, I don't think it would. Like, you don't think if they changed it to eight-win teams that, like, no, that would change? It's probably not. What did LSU? Florida State won all their games. Look at Look how many people yeah. didn't play. Like LSU, look how many games they won. Look how many people didn't play. Like I, to me, it doesn't. I guess it's the opposite. Bowl games are almost for for Rice, for UTSA, for Liberty. Like well, I think for I think it's because it's a it's a place setter for, for the next matters. level for the program. I mean, most people, most of the players are playing, but it's not the stars. So whenever it's not the stars, it takes away from the like the pizzazz of the game mm-hmm. because you want to watch the stars. And then secondly, from a viewer point of view, you want to watch games that are that are worth something, that have stakes that on the matter. line. Like yep. Joe said, you're not going to watch the Texans play an exhibition game. You're not really watching them play a whole lot in the preseason. That's really what it is. It's like a preseason game. Well, it's, it's also like, the reason why the model works in basketball so well because it's one and dones and every, every game matters and all the tournament games are must-see TV as much as you can get because there's something on the line. Yeah. Three, two, two. Go ahead. No, I, I just, but I don't think. But again, it, because the schedule and because of the violence in the sport and everything else, it really isn't conducive to make the the, the number of teams that qualify for the playoff no. bigger. I, I'm cool with the I'm cool if the 12 team playoff was the only postseason in college football. That's what I'm thinking. I would be p- perfectly fine with that. And every other team that doesn't make a bowl, I'm sorry. And maybe you can move these bowls to like I like the idea of bowl games the following year in week zero. I think it'd be a lot of fun because that's when we're starving for football. Like we're desperate for football. Wisconsin LSU week zero of the season would be amazing. Oh yeah, they played it here at NRG. It, it, it was would, a great game. Yeah, it would be amazing. Look at all the other bowl games. What other bowl games were on? Like even Oregon Liberty would be better in week zero. What other bowl games did we, we saw A&M in Oklahoma State. That, that's a week zero yeah. game? Unbelievable. Bowl games when people don't care. They fired their coaches, players are in the portal. You don't really care as much. Uh, 3227, why do you Players get criticized for skipping the bowl games, but no criticism for the coaches leaving. I personally don't criticize the players. If you want to make that decision for you, independent for what your What's, plans are, I don't mind. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to understand it, too. From a, it's a business decision, Joe. It, wasn't it the tight end from Penn State that is the poster boy for this whole thing? Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. They, they encouraged him to play. He wanted to play with his teammates. He played. He blew everything out. He never was the same player. They talk about all the money he lost. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why guys are entitled to sit sit it out. It's just as a fan, you're obviously disappointed when the Heisman Trophy player or Heisman Trophy winner doesn't win, or the previous Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams doesn't play. That sucks, especially if you're a sponsor or guys with tickets to the bowl games or whatever. That's why it's going to change. I think it's because the sponsors are going to be like, well, we're not going to pay all this money to do this if nobody's going to watch. And I know people still are watching. I just think it's trending down. Three three five eight. LSU only had three kids not play. That's great. That's good. Congratulations. One of them happens to be the most important player on their team. Yeah, exactly. One nine three zero bowl games are now just glorified spring games. They really are. Mm-hmm. They really are. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh Rockets yesterday with a really strong showing. Could it be the makings of a rotation that wins a lot of games? And we're also each month we're doing the uh who are the top three Rockets to build around? 
Well, it's a new month. Let's do that next. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham, 713-780-ESPN. The Rockets with a dominating performance yesterday over a, a bad Pistons team. Let's call it like it is. Third quarter, though, was amazing basketball it's four point game at the half they dominated in the third quarter and you, you look at the the box score here blankers and, and you look at the the first eight guys because they ended up playing a lot but the first eight guys and you were without dylan brooks maybe the makings of a pretty solid rotation for houston yeah you and i talked in the past about is this team you know as currently constructed is this team a, a championship caliber team of the future the biggest thing right now is you don't know who your your signature superstar top three highest-paid players are going to be for the long haul yet. You have, a, you have a decent idea. But at the same time, what you have developed there is enough young talent to say that you want to see more of – you mentioned it. I, I, I'm with you. I want to see more of Cam Whitmore. I, I want to see more of Amen Thompson. But I know that you've got – as much as everybody's focused on the, the rapid progression of Alpi or the development that you want to continue to see of Jalen and or Jabari, the fact that Tari Eason's playing his tail off coming off the bench and can be a six-man for you that is like a Swiss Army knife, can play multiple positions, plays defense, finishes at the rim, and, and you go right down the list of the young players that are contributors to this team, and you go, man, this team right now is built for the next seven years to where if you keep this nucleus together, yeah, the, you have some vets that can come and go, some guys that want to play with you. That's a really solid eight guys. See, this is a fascinating conversation for me. Because I do think this is a nucleus that can make you a championship contender. You're a long way from that. Don't get my words twisted. And you need all of these players to hit. But if all of these players hit and meet their potential, I think you have the makings of a really good like rotation and you know some free agents here and there to supplement the roster. But if Alpi Shingun, like Alpi Shingun's getting pretty close to his ceiling. Mm-hmm. If Alpi Shingun you can count on to be an all-star every single year and you can count on him for 25 and 10 and to be somebody you can play through offensively and count on consistently, okay, well you got like an option A for an offense, a really good one, a post option that not many people have. Uh, Jalen Green is a huge part of this, still very far away from his ceiling, and a lot of players never hit their ceiling. Most players don't hit their ceiling. But if Jalen Green can become a 25-point-per-game scorer or even just the best perimeter scorer you know, on your team, but one of the top perimeter scorers in the league and have a consistent shot, I, I think he's shown us he can do it. For him, it's doing it consistently. Right. And I think he's a streaky player. I think he's a streaky shooter. To eliminate the streakiness and just be a guy that you can count on. Jabari Smith. I don't think Jabari Smith needs to be a star, per se, but if you can count on Jabari Smith to be a 40% three point shooter, grab 10 rebounds, score in double figures, like that is a nucleus that's really good and a nucleus that a lot of teams in the NBA don't have the luxury of having. But when you say the makings of, it, it still means that, away. yeah, you, and it also still means that you're probably going to have to go outside to determine when we see the, the recipe for success in the league, it's two superstar type players. Obviously, the super teams are three and four. Uh-huh. But I think your best chance of having two superstar players are Alpi Shingun and Jalen Green and their development. Because right. I think it's difficult to trade for that superstar. But you can sign them in free agency and you can find a way, especially if they want out. And that's another pre- prerequisite that we don't ever think about because you never think that Damon Lillard's going to want to leave Portland until uh-huh. he wants to leave Portland. So when I look at it, I still, because I don't believe that both of those guys are going to be legitimate, bona fide superstars right now, and that can change. But if that's the case, then you have the makings, 
but you still are going to have via trade and or free agency aside from the, the the sweeteners that come on the bench from veterans you still may need to go outside one way or another to get the the two most dominant players on your team yeah i mean i can uh, I, I see that point i think it's easier if you develop your own now sure. i say it's easier but you have to eliminate you know streaky jalen green and it's got to be consistent jalen green i think alpi's kind of turning into a superstar mm-hmm. uh he's he's a stud he's of the really two, good yeah he's the slam dunk you look at him and go look everybody criticized his defense even if he doesn't defend any better mm-hmm. he's so good and makes you so much better offensively to your point on the blueprint for developing your own, Golden State's the, the blueprint for developing your own, but at a certain point, they still went outside to get what they needed, whether it was a Kevin Durant Not they before didn't a need. title, though. No, but they, not before a title, yeah, not right. not before a title. Because they drafted Steph and Clay and Draymond. Yeah. So they did, and they drafted the others, a lot of their, their surplus pieces, or their, their rotational pieces, too, that helped them win championships. So they did eventually trade to get a Bogut, but was he a superstar? No. That's you know, a supplemental piece. Yeah. That's and, supplemental. And you can do those things from the outside, but the makings are there because of who you drafted and developed on the inside. And thanks to this coaching staff, you can develop these young kids better than you did for the last two years. Look, I, I just think it's an easier path because it's it's harder to trade for those players. Now, to your point, if you do have to go outside for a trade, I actually think the Rockets are positioned pretty nicely to make that trade because you have some younger pieces. You don't want to trade an Alpi Shingoon. Uh, but do you, if it's for a, an elite superstar? I personally wouldn't, but maybe Jalen Green is that option. Maybe Jabari Smith is that option. Maybe Amin Thompson's that option. Maybe Cam Whitmore is that option. But you also have a lot of draft picks. Tons of draft picks. And when these stars are getting traded, a lot of times it's for draft picks, a young player or two, and cap filler. But if you don't have all your own draft picks to control, but you do have draft picks, right? And they're looking looking for a combination. You don't need as many draft picks when you have the young talent. Someone sees Tari Eason and says, okay, he's a six-man on that team. I could make him a starter on my team. I could get more for him. You know, it's like Cam Cam Johnson and some of the guys that went in the trade to the Nets with Phoenix for Durant. When you start talking about those guys, they had a role on Phoenix, but they became prominent players on the Nets. And because of the roster and the amount of young talent, Cam Whitmore's a guy that we don't even know what he can be yet, but if he's a ninth guy that fits into this mix, and you say, well, if you take Tari and Cam and some picks and maybe one other player here or there, that could get you another superstar. Yeah, see... I'm more develop, more develop and see what you have in a year and a half. Like, see what Eme can do with Jalen Green's consistency. Like, Jalen Green shooting the three-point ball better than he's ever shot it in his in his career. Like, his three... Also with it's, the ball it's in because his hands he's on a, a heater. more, too. Yeah, but that's fine. Like, Eme's kind of learning his game, too, and what he needs to do to, like, bring Jalen Green's best out of Jalen Green. And Jalen Green's on a heater the last three games. Like, he's averaging, like, 25 points, shooting, like, over 50% from three. That's not sustainable, but it's because he's streaky. But he's shooting 35% from three this year, the best he's ever shot in his career. Like, does that surprise people? I think it would. If I told you that Jalen Green of his three NBA seasons is shooting the three-pointer better this year than his previous two, I think that's surprising. It would. Now, it it was an uptick because of the last three games. He wasn't here three games Mm -hmm. ago. Last three games he's been on fire but that's why I want to see this young core play out for a year and a half two years before I'm making any drastic changes because I want to see if Jalen Green can reach that potential under Ime Adoka Alpi looks like he's going to Jabari yeah see that's why I can sit and wait for a while I'm patient with Jalen Green like let me see what he looks like with two years of Ime Adoka and then make Mm -hmm. that decision in two years like I feel pretty comfortable making my decision on Alpi Shingun like I want him here for a while uh, Jabari's interesting because, like, how much are you willing to play a, J- a Jabari, uh, pay a Jabari Smith? Because I like Jabari Smith on a ceiling, good team. Right? 
See, I don't think that Jabari is ever going to be like an elite scorer. See, I don't either. But he, I think he could be a really good third option. And not that you're ever setting up plays for him. But can he be the third best player on a championship contender? I actually think he can. Because if he's scoring 15 His points, ceiling. grabbing 12 rebounds, and shooting 40% from three, uh, and p- providing like really good defense, that's a good third player. His, his ceiling in that regard is Chris Bosh on that Heat team, right? He could be the third best player on the Heat, but he doesn't have to score as much as See, Bosch. I think he's kind of different than... I, I don't like giving the Bosh comparison with Smith anymore. But Bosh could make threes. Bosh could play defense. His post-up he game could, was better. He could guard multiple positions. Mm. He was athletic enough that he could guard smaller. And, and that's where I think that's why his ceiling could be that high. I would say Jabari without the post... Like Bosh without the post game. Because Bosh was, Bosh was pretty darn good. You give it to yeah. him in the post, clear out, pretty good. Toronto Bosh Jabari not... Great. Yeah, Jabari doesn't really have that in his game right now. And I am hesitant to think that he ever is going but to. I don't know the answer to this, but just thinking off the top of my head when you said that, because I understand that everybody would love to just develop your own. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, Golden State is the the peak of developing your own and having it all fall into play and come to fruition and you create a dynasty yeah. for the most part. I look at Oklahoma but, City, too. I know they didn't win a title, but they had like kind of the point. same build. They, they, With they, Russ they, and they Harden short. and Abaca yeah. and, and, Durant. And, and Durant. But for the likelihood of the NBA, the more frequent option is the Heat or the Lakers who are always even the Bucks and the Bucks ch- title. They just kept grabbing vets and trading for vets and adding that extra piece that they didn't have in trades. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the that's the propensity of general managers these days is they're going to go crazy to try and develop from outside. I think that we're on like the same wavelength here. Mm-hmm. I think what we have to define is the timeline of when you have to make that decision. Because I'm with you though too, and I've said this previously. I don't want to make the, the decision too soon. I don't want to trade Jalen Green right now. Yeah, I want to know, but I want I need to know more right now See, of what he can be. I think this conversation is more about the timeline versus when you like the timeline of when you make that type of move versus like the build of this team. For for me, it's probably the off season after this off season. Yeah, I, until you have to make a move and you're pressed into the last year of a guy's deal and you know by the trade deadline it could get real dicey and then you might lose value, you have to continue to develop and evaluate. Develop and evaluate. And try and get everything you can out of every young guy on this roster. But th- the timelines are different for each player. Because if the timeline for Atari Easton is never going to be superstar, then the chances of you resigning him, as long as he's cool with that too, are pretty good. But if he and his agent believe that his ceiling is higher because he sees himself being more of a superstar. I'm sure he will. Now he could walk, and now you got to make a decision quicker than on a guy that wants to be here that you think has superstar or other yeah. potential. I'm, I'm with two years. Give this give this uh, roster two years with EMA, and then make that decision that following offseason. Uh, each month, we talk about the three Rockets in order uh, that we would build around. We've kind of changed over the first couple of months of the, uh, the calendar year. Uh, we went with a Jalen Alpi Jabari in November. Then we changed it in December. We went to Alpi Jabari and Jalen. Where are you at now as the calendar turns to January? I still think the it's interchangeable for me two and three. Alpi is definitely one, and I, I don't know for the foreseeable future if that's going to change because what he's developed into and the way the offense has developed with to to encompass what he does best with a, with a true coaching staff. For me, I, I think he solidified the one spot for me, but he's going to stay there again for January for the sake of the discussion. And then for me, I like what I've seen early on from Jalen, but I, I see these flashes from Jabari too. I think Jalen has the higher ceiling. I think Jabari's been more consistent, but I think it's of those three guys. I think Tari's at some point might be in the discussion to some degree, but I think to me, because of the way Jalen's played recently and it's been more noticeable, I'll say that I'll go Alpi, Jalen, 
and Jabari. Yeah, we might have to to expand this to four and five with the emergence of I like Atari and a man, and then you even have if Camp keeps two. coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip Jalen and Jabari again. I'm gonna go Alpi one, Jalen two. Jabari's three for me. So we're, we both, so we're both yeah, we both page. flip. Yeah, we've been identical each each month. Where are you at here? We Joe? were last last month. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Actually, no. I think I was Jalen too. Yeah. I had yeah. An, you still yeah, had Jalen too. I got outvoted because yeah. of Joe. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I, mine's a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to force him into the conversation again, uh, but I'm going to change it. Last month I, I said a man over Jalen. Uh-huh. Kind of backed off on that a little bit, but he's I'm just not playing enough. He's not playing enough, but I still think like long-term build, I think Amen Thompson is a more valuable piece to this team, I think, than Jabari Smith is going to be. Hmm. So I'm going to go Alpi, Jalen, Amen. Okay. So for now, our, our, it stays as Alpi, Jalen, Jabari, but I think Amen Thompson still, like he is going to be a, a bigger factor long-term than Jabari. Long-term, See, maybe, really good but role you player. just don't know right now, right? Yeah, I know, but what the conversation is, what are, who are you sure. building around? Yeah. And yeah. I think if you're building around your team, it's less important to build around Jabari Smith than it is to build around a men's home. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Who has the higher upside if, if we are in agreement that neither guy is going to be a bona fide superstar? Who has the higher upside, Jabari or, or Tarisen? Jabari. I don't know. I think Tar. I think Tari's a role player too. I don't think Tari's a guy that you like build around. I, I think they're like good third pieces, good role players on good teams. Like you're not building around a Jabari. I think you're not Tari building around a Tari. A, see, I think uh, Tari. I don't think he creates he's his got own some, shot he's enough. He's got to polish. His, I was just going to say he's got to polish his own offensive game a little bit to to like. I think he could be a good enough shooter, but can he create his own a yeah, little bit that's more? Why I think he would struggle because I don't like the fact that Jabari's focus is always like you just said with the, the Bosch comparison. He he has an advantage over most guys on him and refuses to take advantage except for a fadeaway or a rushed on the run shot over a smaller guy and he's yeah. got to change that. I don't love his shot selection. I think he could get a lot better. Uh, I like Tari a lot. I, I just don't think you build around Atari. All right, what are your top three rockets you're building around? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I'm gonna dip out a little early. Gonna go uh, do the Kelvin Sampson show. But the boys will have the car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Coming up, Skiller Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, final segment of the Killer Bees right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Jeremy, as mentioned, is off uh, for the rest of this show. Take care of a little extra business, but he'll be back tomorrow. And so we're going to carry on with the Car Wreck of the Day. Joe George, my favorite, uh, is here with me. And Joe, are you doing your show after this? Yes. So it's a precursor and a warm up for your big show. It's true. Uh, I used to get criticized again by AJ Hoffman too because I called it the big show. So AJ three mentions to make it a hat trick on this show. All right, Joe, you want to start us off since uh, I'm running this final segment? Uh, yeah. Car wreck of the day. What do you got? Now you can't nominate yourself. No, I'm going to nominate the Pac-12 because I even saw their commissioner put out some statement today of. Being like, well, if they were just a little more patient, they would have seen what we were building and all this blah, blah, blah garbage. But the fact that the college football playoff is going to end with a Pac-12 team potentially winning a national championship as the conference dissolves into two teams and then something else afterwards, they have been a total disaster for a long time. But they had the best conference Just gonna say, yeah. ha- honestly ever had, like, or at, le- at least since the college football playoffs started. You had 
multiple national championship contenders, all these top 25 teams this year. Like It was a great, fun conference. And instead of thinking, hey, we've got a Pac-12 champion in Washington who played in the college football playoff who week two or, or who like in like week six plays Michigan in the Big Ten, this is a Big Ten preview. For October really 5th next is. year, when they when Washington and Michigan play next year in Ann Arbor. When you like, look at top to bottom, the entire conference, this might have been their best football season ever. When you think about Utah, irrelevant. Oregon, Washington. Oregon State. At the start of the year, SC and UCLA were yeah. both in major conversations, and you had the, the Heisman Trophy winner at SC, and the, the you know for most people, the number one pick in the draft. This conference, top to bottom, could not have been better than it was this year, and it's over. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's disappointing because, like, I'm going to miss Pac 12 after dark, and I know we're going to get, like, this weird version of Big 10 after dark. It's going to be so I, weird. I guess, but, like, I don't know. Rutgers versus Washington at nine o'clock on a Saturday doesn't really do no, it for me. No, but it's going to be screw job central because then on the flip side, when SC and UCLA got to go play in Big 10 cities, you know, long-standing Big Ten cities, they're playing 10 a.m. games on their watch. Yeah, so it's just, it's its disappointing what has happened to college football. I'm excited for, like, this next chapter of what, you know, the Big Ten, the SEC, the new Big 12, like, and then the 12-team playoff. I, I am excited for it, but I just think it is very car-wrecky that the Pac-12 is in the championship game and the last year of the final, of it being a 14 playoff, it was the best it's ever been. Like this, every year there's a 15, 20 point blowout in the college football playoff, and this year there was not that. No, and there wasn't for a reason though. That this is exactly what the 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 committee was trying to avoid with the Florida State situation: the fact that sponsors are happy, fans are happy, viewers are happy. This is exactly why, as much as it's painful for Florida State, and obviously there's a, a lot of people that disagree with it. This is exactly what they wanted. They got their ultimate wish list, and they they gave themselves a calling card for why they left Florida State out. So you look yeah. at that. I mean, I got two of them. I think one of them, because they came out on top, you know, DeBoer is not going to get as much criticism because of the third down play and passing the football. But if that had ended differently, he might have gotten it for the year. So he's on the list. And the Alabama offensive line, when you get five-star after five-star after five-star, to be as bad as they were yesterday – that has to be they, – they, they both have to be on the list. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's what's interesting about, like, the two teams that advanced with Michigan and Washington is they both rightfully should have lost. Like, Washington, the way they executed in the last drive and then allowed Texas to just march right down the field and obviously with one second left, Quinn Ewers has a shot. And if he makes a little bit better throw, they win. And People Washington – P.I., by the way. That was not No, I didn't think so either. I think, I think that's one of those, like, in a still frame photo – it looks like pass interference, but I don't think in the It actual... looks like he had contact and was riding his yeah. back, but there's no way that was P.I. And then Michigan, it's like John Harbaugh's son apparently can't coach players how to catch because Jay Harbaugh was the special teams coach. Like, Michigan should have lost, yeah. too. Like, they, they had so many self-inflicted wounds. Like, the fact that First they... play of the game. Oh, that play. First play of the game they got away with one. Was remarkable. Unbelievable, yeah. right? They, they, they almost deserved to lose in a lot of ways. But they obviously they were they were the more talented team, but they they literally there was an argument to be made they should have lost oh, that game absolutely multiple like, and, ways, and that's what I think is what's clear is the easiest answer who's going to win next Monday whoever doesn't do what they did in the semifinal games like if Washington yeah. is, has a lead at the end don't do the same game plan and Michigan hold on to the football 
like it is not a hard concept to do. Like if you just hold on to the football, they have a obviously a very good chance to beat Washington next week. I mean, there was an all district safety tweeting last night about how important you know it is and how difficult it can be to field a punt. But special teams across the board Speaking was of, embarrassed. Alabama had a guy returning kicks with a cast on. What are you doing? Like, why? Double speaking <laughs> of those. so stupid. And we'll pick a car wreck of the day. But can I just get special honorable mention to the fact that Alabama's kicker is going to be kicking in the NFL next year? Oh, yeah. And he is a freaking stud. Yeah, he's a monster. He's those a monster. were three 50-plus yarders that had plenty of leg. And normally in college, you look at a guy and go, yeah, he's not that accurate. He's going to have some work to do. And then in the NFL, he becomes this monster. He's already there. Yeah, I think the now the winner we haven't even nominated yet, but just because we've talked about it so much over the last two shows that we've all been together, the three of us, mm-hmm. plus Paul on Friday, I think it's bowl games. It really is. Bowl games have to be the car wreck of the day. They're just unwatchable unless it's for the the, the two final the, the four teams in the two final yeah, games. And even then, like I just they're not bowl games; they're playoff games. It was awful, and and, and maybe we don't have the solution yet. But for the time being, and for the foreseeable future, bowl games are the car wreck of college football agreed awful all right hey that'll do it for us uh jeremy will be back tomorrow and we'll have the uh the, the band back together yet again to keep the new year going in the right direction but in, 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 until we get to that point is there any better direction to go than me going home listening to joe george in the bullpen with one brian mcdonald that is going to be fun for you to listen to that's coming up next we'll talk to you again tomorrow we appreciate you being a part of the hive and have a good night everybody